he thought he could start over in Houston. He thought he could leave his past behind. He thought he could hold an illegal underage immigrant in his apartment and somehow maintain a secret identity, even though he told everyone. He thought that the doctor that was his friend was straight. He thought wrong. That was brilliant. Just, just say the word. This summer, Kane is... I don't know. The Scarlet Spider. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair and changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, Cloneheads. I am Zach Joyner. This is the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, powered by SpideyDude.com. Joining me, as always, is Joshua Labbertoni. Josh, how are you? Hello. It's good good. to hear from you. Uh, And we got uh, the flagship reviewer for SpideyDude.com, Mr. Gerard Delatour. How's it going, Zach? And uh, you you don't actually need to do your whole intro in a William Shatner impression. I was doing that, too, yeah. (laughs) I thought it was a Brad Douglas impression. Yeah, thanks. And we've got Donovan Morgan Grant. Damn it, Jim, I'm a podcaster, not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) For this, uh, for a special appearance, Mr. Will Sanchez is also joining us. Hey, greetings, folks. Good to be back podcasting again. Hey, Will, when's the next episode of Avengers Assemble come out? Dude. Very soon. Very soon. <laughs> Very soon. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember you, came, we, we met, like, you know, a while back, and I'm like, you're, you're trying to get me to guest star on an episode, I don't think there's been one since. So I just ruined another thing, that's what it was. That's cool, that's cool. I'm sure uh, people will survive. <laughs> I enjoyed... Yeah, for those of you not in the know, uh, Will and I did like the last two episodes before it died an untimely death. Yeah, I mean it was great. It was great doing it with you guys. So it was uh, sad to let it, you know, let it die off. But uh, I don't know. I just, I just couldn't have time, or you know, it's too much. It's too kind of time consuming. And had other stuff to do. So uh, just yeah, get your elsewhere people. <laughs> and there's like a bazillion Avengers books too that didn't help. You know, if there's yeah. one book, you could do, like, an episode every, you know, once every couple months or something. But there's, there's like, Avengers, New Avengers, Avengers uh, Academy, Avengers, you know, B-Team, C-Team, Z-Team. I, 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 I used to listen, and I remember, like, you guys not liking the books you were reviewing, so that might have <laughs> contributed. Yeah, well, that was also around Siege. 
I think it was right before Siege started. So, yeah. I mean, it got to the point where we're like, this is Bendis needs to, needs to leave this title. Oh, wait. He's still on there. Anyway. So, so, Will, for all the Avengers Assemble podcast fans who are wondering what you thought of the Avengers movie, tell them in four words or less. The greatest movie ever. <laughs> that was less than four words. Very good. Oh, yeah. yeah Actually, that was that right one. at four words. <laughs> the greatest movie. Oh, for Tony Gang. <laughs> For Tony Gadge, maybe from some Florida high school. Sorry, sorry. That's the guy from Texas. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah. I, I always say I graduated from some crazy Texas high school. Graduated. <laughs> I am so smart. I am so smart. S M R T. S M R T. So anyway, this episode we are going to uh, be reviewing the current Scarlet Spider books. Uh, we'll be. We're, Reviewing issues three through five, and uh, Donovan has the first rundown for number three. Oh yeah, I do. Let's see. Let me, let me get in the zone. In the zone. All right. This might be a little. Uh, this might be a little hatch, uh, hatchy, but uh, I'll do my best. Uh, he okay. thought he could start over in Houston. He thought he could leave his past behind. He thought he could hold an illegal underage immigrant in his apartment and somehow maintain a secret identity, even though he told everyone. He thought that the doctor that was his friend was straight. He thought wrong. That was brilliant. Just, just say the word. This summer, Kane is. I don't know. The Scarlet Spider. Wait, well, right, the so front page says, says uh, his name's Kane Parker, but in this issue, he says his name's Kane Kane. He doesn't say his name's Kane Kane. The the uh, bartender does. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Okay. That was, reminds me of the Super Mario Brothers movie, which, like, <laughs> played the whole thing. Like, wait a second. Your name is Mario Mario? Yup. <laughs> at that point, I walked out of the theater at, at, at age three. <laughs> Donovan's taking his first steps right out of the theater. <laughs> uh, I shall start this uh, this recap off by by uh, cribbing the uh, Daily Bugle Horizon top story and, pret- and pretending that it's my own words. So uh, listen to my originality. <laughs> Scarlet Fury on his way to Mexico. Kane, clone to Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider-Man, rescued Araceli. Uh, pronunciation debatable. A young illegal immigrant from Salamander, a fire-controlling supervillain who had abducted her as part of a human trafficking ring. After his very public dispatching of Salamander, Kane planned to continue his flight from the United States when local doctor Donald Meland and police officer Wally Layton convinced him to stay in Houston and become a hero. And she taken Araceli <laughs> into hiding so she wouldn't be deported back to Mexico and die at the hands of whoever hired the Salamander. Kane Parker decided to stop running. See, full story. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Okay. Um, this issue begins three weeks ago in a, uh, in a ER room. Uh, a woman and her daughter dies on the operating table. Apparently, they were caught in some horrific car accident. And the husband is given the news by a uh, doctor. I'm probably forget the guy's name. Uh, <laughs> we'll just call him the doctor for now. The doc- Dr. Meadland. Dr. Meeland, he delivers the bad news, and the husband flips on and says, you're a dead man, you're a dead man. Um, three weeks later, <laughs> in current time in Houston, 
a woman is leaving her, um, presumably her office, talking on her cell phone, and when she's dragged into an alley about to be mugged, or worse. But suddenly, the mugger is grabbed by the face by Kane, a.k.a. quote-unquote the Scarlet Spider. Uh, Kane scares the, the, the urine out of him, and um, threatens, tells him if he doesn't leave Houston, then uh, he'll be suffering a fate worse than death. As he's swinging, he realizes, uh-oh, there are no skyscrapers. I hate Houston. Later on, later on at his secret headquarters, i.e. the Four Seasons Hotel, um, <laughs> he's uh, headquarters. He's uh, make, making chat to uh, the the fiery redheaded uh, bartender, whose name we eventually learn is Annabelle Adams. He wants her help to um, help bring up this uh, illegal immigrant girl that named Ars. Are, are we going to call her Arsely, or is that, or do you guys pronounce it differently? I just assumed it was like Araceli. I don't know. That's how I pronounce. That's 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 good enough for me. She's immigrant girl. Uh, to uh, to our Hispanic listeners, uh, somebody might want to you know help us out here. But to our Hispanic co-host, what do you say? What are you guys trying to figure out her, her spelling? Well, uh, just her pronunciation. Oh, it's uh, Araceli. Araceli, excellent, excellent. I feel yeah. like I'm such a fool. It's cool, Don. I'm cool. just gonna call her Allison <laughs> because it's wrong. Um, <laughs> because so so it turns out that Annabelle does know fluent Spanish, and as she and Kane are going back to his his uh. His uh, hotel room, Araceli just flies him across the place with a beer bottle and just grabs Annabelle Choco and just screams in Spanish. Um, all of a sudden, Doctor Meeling conveniently shows up and they they start to calm down. Kane's explained that he's not he's not holding her there for, for perverted reasons. He's trying to you know keep her from getting deported and possibly being killed by the salamanders. We cut later on to the Park Plaza Hotel where Meeling goes to get some supplies. He goes back to Kane, uh, or no, Kane goes back to his house and the two make small talk. Uh, Kane sees a picture of Officer Layton and inquires of their friends. Uh, Milan says, most days, he's just my husband. And Kane's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> and then before anything else can happen, uh, a shot is fired across, across the street by a sniper. Kane, he, he, goes, he goes to the camouflage, right? I don't think he teleports or whatever. Yeah, it, it's, his suit has special capabilities, and he reappears right in front of the sniper's face. The two hustle, and at one point, Kane's mask comes off to uh, to get some oxygen after he's hit with a gas bomb. And the guy recognizes him, says that uh, he's from the Assassin's Guild. Um, later on, we see uh, the sniper returning, and although the, the punishment for failure is death, he's greeted by a woman presumably named Belladonna, saying that, that uh, oh, you, you uh, went up against Kane? Well, that changes things. Uh, next, they come for him! All right. Thank you, Don. Uh, we'll start off with Gerard. Gerard, what's your thoughts on this issue? Hold on, I'm going to pull a Zach and fumble around my notes for five minutes before I get around to... Okay, yeah. Um, I, I liked it. it was, you know, th- again, I like the series so far, with the exception of number five, which we'll get to later. But uh, as far as this one goes, like, great artwork. I really, I'm actually really growing to love Ryan's segment. He's become one of my favorite pencilers already within a span of, like, five issues or four issues or whatever. Um, but for me, the biggest thing that I like about this series and that this particular issue does well is that the they've very, very rapidly built a nice supporting cast around him that, I mean, you can put people there that'll just be, like, window dressing. You know, like, if you're Dan Slott, you just have a bunch of people around, but you don't particularly grow to like them or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Go I've grown to I've grown to like these characters quite a bit, and like the, the one of the things in particular that this issue does is it sets up 
how they relate to him, but but they do it in a way that's unique, which is that they're all in on his, well, with the exception of Annabelle or whatever, but, but we'll, we'll get to that later. They're all in on his his secret identity, sort of, right? Which is not really much of a secret, but, you know, he wears a mask, everything like that. But, but like, you know, Araceli and, and Dr. Meland and Officer Layton are all characters that have their own things going on, which are interesting. And also they relate to our hero in a way that's significant. Not It's not just that they're there or, like, they just happen to work with him or something. They're intricately involved with him, in and out of costume, and I, I, there's something unique and interesting about that as far as, like, a, being a quote-unquote Spider-Man series. Yeah. That that I've actually really grown to like. This is something that I, that, it's almost like fertile, I, it's weird to say, because comics have been around for so long, but this is actually a gr- fertile ground for storytelling, and I'm glad to see that they're, you know, approaching it. And the way this issue is, is structured is also really nice, where they basically put Opening sequence and sequence are both very action-packed. And then there's a middle part that's sort of very quiet, where the characters get to interact with each other. And when you structure things like that, it actually makes the action scenes like heightened in intensity, rather yeah. than just having it go throughout and you just get tired of it after a while. Yeah. Which is nice. But the only real one problem I had is that it is kind of slight on content for like a, a full issue. Especially yeah. because that, that part at the beginning with the mugger doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot for the story. In fact, it does nothing for the story. So yeah. it's just there to waste pages. No, 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 no. It's, uh, that is a very, Im- I don't want to say it's very important, but no, that plant the seed that's followed up later. Well, maybe, maybe I just didn't pick up on it. We'll oh, that's right, because somebody takes a picture of him, right? That, you're right, right. But again, did you really need, what, like five pages to do that? Probably not. It establishes him being a crime fighter. I know, but you... It establishes, like, his extreme methods. Like, you know, it it helps introduce you to the character and how he operates when he's like, oh, break your bones, leave the city and never come back. I know, but we've done all those things already, and you just took five pages out of a 20-page story to do that. That's a a quarter of the issue already, like, just on that one sequence alone. Yeah. Like... That that's a because it's twenty pages long and you take five, that that just seems like a waste of space to me. Excuse but, me, princess. <laughs> plus plus five for the animated Zelda reference. Uh, and yeah, this issue does throw a hell of a lot of like nineties at you really fast. <laughs> and for like no, for us that's perfectly okay because no, but for us that's all right because you know this is a very nineties podcast. As odd as it sounds, you know, because we're used to this stuff, because we're all reading all that. But if you're a new reader that's not familiar with all this '90s background stuff, it's got to be really confusing, right? Yeah, I mean, they didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll get to my criticism a little bit in the second issue or the second issue we review on the on the show. Yeah, but like, but like I said, I I really like it. I would say it's like a B. Okay, it's, B. It's a good. It's a good issue. Okay. Uh, we'll go to Will. He thinks he's the new guy. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good issue. Um, it was uh, interesting to see him his like methods and stuff. It's, uh, I mean, uh, in some ways, I, I agree with Gerard. It kind of took a little while to like going, but um, I think this is kind of Wacker's a uh, little maybe one of his points of um, picking uh, Kane over like say Ben Riley. 
you just want to kind of contrast to the whole uh, methods and stuff of how he works. Yes. Uh, compared to, like, let's say, Peter Parker. <clears throat> Whereas, I don't know, Ben Riley. I'm not quite sure how he would handle this. Maybe in between, like, I'll say, a, a Peter and Kane, you know? Like, I don't know if he wisecracks well, as much as Peter, but, you know, he's kind of a little bit more uh, tempered, I guess. Yes. Yeah, the, 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 I, I agree with that because there's a, there's a clear contrast between Kane and, and Peter, as opposed to Peter and Ben Riley. Uh, because I mean, Ben Riley was especially when he became Spider-Man was kind of written as the replacement. So I, I agree with with Steve. I, I just think there are still stories to be done with Ben Riley. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I mean, uh, hopefully, if, if the series lasts long enough, we'll we'll see him eventually down the line. Um, but uh, you know, if you think I just have made a few notes, like while I was reading the issue, um, the first note I had is, um, why is the Daily Bugle like covering events in Houston? <laughs> yeah, why, why is Houston Chronicle? Yeah, or or are the equivalent of the Daily Bugle in Houston? Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good. That's a good catch. I always thought the Daily Bugle was a world newspaper, though that it wasn't just like the events of New York, but because New York is the one that collects visits all the time, like. <laughs> Obviously, page stories will be there. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess it's in the uh, in the other news section of the, of the paper. I guess. <laughs> no, it's the top story. <laughs> I also figured that that the Daily Bugle thing was mostly like artistic license, like then that's not supposed to be an actual issue of the Daily Bugle. Yeah, perhaps. Another thing that kind of caught my eye that was interesting is uh, the Giants won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, headliner. <laughs> it says Alamo Jeff, uh, Draft House drunk anyway, which is pretty funny. Those are those a Jets fan. It makes it makes my my blood boil. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys fan. It made me it made me cry a little bit on the inside. But the, the Houston hates hates the Dallas Cowboys. Like they they have a really big disdain for Dallas. So <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, they're the, they're always been the redhead stepchild in football. So. That's kind of strange, but uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny, like a kind of a funny like nod to Zach, and I, maybe it seems weird because it seems like this book is just kind of catered towards Zach. I don't know, in some ways. <laughs> I think, but uh, I think Steve Wacker's been stalking me. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think he really likes it. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's something to be said about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The moment he saw me, Comic Con asked that question, it was love at first sight. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty- <laughs> Um, another interesting thing about that little opening page is that um, you see like a Horizons Labs tablet looking at the online version of the Bugle, just Kane on it, which um, I'm, maybe Peter is keeping tabs on Kane or something. I, I don't know, maybe reading too much into it, but I just thought that was kind of a little interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, another funny little note was uh, when you see uh, Kane um, uh, mug, I mean, you know, well, Scare the crap out of the, the mugger. You see him like pee himself. He's a little pee stain, and I think it, it went a little much, you know, to just didn't, you know to show that took a little took a little to the limit. But <laughs> I don't think we need to see urine come out of his like pants. But <laughs> no point made. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was a funny little thing. Uh, also, kind of interesting that you see uh, Kane went out of buildings to swing from because it's Houston, so it's not like New York where you see a whole bunch of you know, skyscrapers. So it, it's cool that Yost kind of made that little um, observation. But maybe Zach is a little bit better at this. Uh, like, is that accurate, Zach? <laughs> uh, with regards to like the, the topography of uh, Houston, is it like there's only like a few skyscrapers and then? Uh, yeah, I mean end? downtown Houston's got plenty of skyscrapers, but yeah, it's 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 really kind of spread out. It's it's not a it's not a densely compacted town like New York. It's it, it is kind of spread, 
and I, I've only been to Houston like a handful of times, but uh, from everything I remember, it wasn't like, you know, it was nothing like New York, where there's skyscrapers everywhere. I mean, there's there's buildings. I mean, there's probably like two or three story buildings, but not like, you know, giant skyscrapers outside of the uh, downtown area, of course. Ah, okay. I always thought that was an interesting aspect of like those spider people, like they, they, if, what happens if they run out of buildings and stuff. So I'm guessing yeah. like the, it would just like leap everywhere or something, or just you know. <laughs> Yeah. Then again, Willie, we we could both attest that's kind of a myth about New York too. <laughs> the whole city isn't like that either. So yeah, Queens isn't like that or Staten Island. So it's, I mean, you, you'll have to find it there. <laughs> um, I also thought it was pretty funny that um after he kind of messes up this uh, monger guy, that scares the crap out of him. He says, uh, "I'm pretty sure that's how Spider-Man would handle things." <laughs> I love that line. I don't know if he's joking or not. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, um, you see, there's another section. This is the one that has uh, Araceli, um talking in Spanish, right? Like in the little in the hospital section. Yeah. Uh, if you want like a direct translation, um, the first panel of that page where she's sleeping, it says, um, uh, "Run, run, uh, Nicklan comes closer." And then she she's, um, follows that up with um, the next page after she beats uh, Ben with like that little wine bottle or that is. Um, Who? I won't let you kill me. When she's like, um, kind of on top of uh, Annabelle. Oh, you yeah, yeah. said Ben. I think you meant Kane. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, well, it, it's like uh, the panel after she beats Kane, and then it's uh, she's on top of uh, Annabelle. Oh, okay. That one says, okay. yeah, that one says, uh, I won't let you kill me. And then of course the, the little well, third panel. I, I appreciate there. you actually giving us a little. I appreciate you giving us a translation. Seeing as how they decided not to do that, you know, on the page, <laughs> you know, I, I think that uh, Wacker and them are assuming that everybody has Google Translate on their iPhones, and so, so they can sit there. And type no, no, no. I, but I, I think the idea was supposed to be that the characters can't quite make out what she's saying. Although that doesn't really make sense because Annabelle understands Spanish, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and right. Um, well, uh, the, the yeah, next, yeah. Like, there's whole... like the third panel from that. She says, uh, "The medic." That's that's all I have. Um, with regards to that the whole translation thing, um, there seems to be a little bit more to the eye with uh, Araceli, especially if she can leap up to Kane and just whack him with a bottle. That seems like she's a little stronger than she leads on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, that's kind of an interesting little subplot. Um, the whole uh, Donald Milan and Officer Lane thing is, I guess, is interesting. It's cool that the supporting cast is more diverse with regards to like. You know, um, just having like gays in, in the book and stuff, but uh, when when she's they're talking, well, let me see, was it uh, Donald Malan? Yeah, when he's talking to Kane about um about his partner, it just seems kind of a little forced. I don't know. Though he says, "Is there a problem with that?" Like, I don't know, it just seems a little weird. Yeah. Uh, see, although, this, you know, this was, this was the, the yeah this this was the scene that that really the one scene that took me out of the book. Like when I was reading it, I'm like, wait, what? And it wasn't the fact that he was there was a homosexual. In there, to me at least, and I probably didn't accurately. And when I, I I posted the review on Crawl Space, and this created a firestorm, which I kind of knew it would. But um, I get what they were trying to do, but the way Kane reacted, it was like I don't know. Cause Peter Parker's always been portrayed as more of a liberal person, yeah. you know, throughout throughout his history. So I would, I would assume that his you know political leanings would be transferred onto Kane. So I just I don't know. 
And between that and I think that same week that they had just came out with Children's Crusade, which which had uh, the two gay characters kiss, uh, it just seemed like to me they were shoehorning oh another gay couple in there just because you know uh, it's the issue of the moment. Now, uh, now that I've had time to reflect on it, it doesn't bother me as nearly as much as it did when I first read it because it doesn't take me out of the issue anymore. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's just a little thing. It kind of seemed a little weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the, the next, the last thing I have is um, his costume was it's kind of weird the way he reacts outside. Is it like just going on the fritz, or is it just kind of bending light to camouflage itself? I'm, I wasn't too sure what's, what was going on there. Um, they haven't really explained the suit yet. Uh, even in the issues preceding this this issue, but yes, they uh, have. It's Peter Parker invented it in the first arc of Big Time, and Kane stole it from him. We've not seen yeah. this costume though. It, it's the same one. It changes appearance. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Have we seen this design, though? No, um, what I'm saying is the design can change based on, like... Yeah. Yeah, I guess it just... There wasn't, like, a scene where you see Kane, like, go, like, oh, let me change it to this design, and then, you know, it hasn't really been in-depth. Yeah, it's, uh, they never... Know, but they're, they, have you, they basically have you make the assumption that this is the Tron suit. I mean... Scarlet Spider suit. There's not an assumption. They tell you in Spider Island hashtag. Yeah, but if you haven't read Spider Island hashtag, you, you don't know where he got the suit. And why wouldn't you read it? Well, then, if you haven't read it, then you need to go on the Twitter and tweet about it. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Bertoni will never let the hashtag go ever. <laughs> Bertoni, what pisses you off? Let it go. But I say, well, what pisses you off more, the hashtags or the renumberings? <laughs> I need to inquiring minds must know. Three numberings, without a oh. doubt. Okay, <laughs> just checking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't um, read the Spire Island event. I actually that was one of those events where I just bought all these surrounding minis, like um, Spider Woman and um, Cloak and Dagger. But so I don't know how well they read without the context of Spider Island. I'm guessing they don't read. It'll be kind of weird, but. Um, I mean, it, I don't really mind so much the, about the whole costume. I, I just kind of took. Um, some Wikipedia checking and maybe just just general knowledge of what was going on. So yeah, and you would think that that, that somehow sometime in this for these first six issues that they would establish, oh hey, or have like a throwaway line. Well, you know, I stole this from Parker. You know, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. then again, it took five issues before anybody called him the Scarlet Spider. So what do you expect? That's true. That's um, true. So Will, uh, is that is the, are you still got some more thoughts? Or are you still are you yeah yeah. Stuff? Oh, no, I okay. just want—I just like the whole Assassin's Guild reveal. Um, it was—it was, it was uh, interesting to bring more '90s stuff, as, as Gerard has uh, stated. <laughs> I mean, it, it's cool. You know, I like the designs and stuff. Um, the art was really good. I, I'm, although I'm not like a huge fan of, of Stegman, he—he uh, he does solid work. Um, I actually kind of like the, the issue. The the next issue, I believe, has him inking himself for like one or two pages, which looks great. And I'll make a note of uh, when we talk about that. But um, overall, okay. I give the issue like a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I don't quite do grades like, usually because I, I get the kind of nebulous to me a little bit. But <laughs> I, I, I give it a 7.5 out of 10. I, it was an enjoyable issue. Uh, above average, definitely above average, but also enjoyable. C plus. So, C plus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Donovan. Sorry. C. Um, I like this issue. It was a lot more. It's been a while since I read the first two issues, and so like, this kind of got me back into the game. And I like, I, you know, I still like the segment. I like the coloring. 
uh, it's moving pretty well. This is this is a pretty solidly written book. Um, although I, I'll get, I kind of get into this more in issue five. Um, they really are pushing this whole Kane is a hard ass kind of thing. Like I, I, I like the scene at the beginning, but he's like, I will rip off your flesh. I will do this and I'll do that. And like the guy's like wetting himself. It's like it kind of seems over the top to me. But I know that's what they're kind of going for. And it's like, yeah. no, or well, is this bad? Or is it just, you know, my personal tastes? And it's sort of like something I kind of come to terms with. Um, I mean, uh, Gerard, Gerard mentioned the supported characters. I mean, I was kind of questioning at the beginning, like, why Annabelle was so willing to, uh, to like, I don't know, help this guy that, that, that kind of creeps her out or whatever. I was like, okay, it's kind of convenient for the plot. But it, it, it asserted itself well. Um, this this did kind of move pretty fast because it's basically like you know okay the first scene and then all the characters meet uh, the little girl and then like it's basically the last scene of the fight with um, the sniper. Did we ever get a name for that guy who looked like Lobo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the Lobo sniper works. The Lobo <laughs> sniper. The Lobo uh, I sniper. Yeah, I don't remember getting a name. It may be on that first page. I don't, I don't know. Possibly. Um, yeah. The 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 scene with the. Uh, uh, Meland, like we you know, says, "Oh, actually, I'm, I'm you know, I'm married to the to the cop." I, I, I didn't mind it, although it did kind of seem like like he was trying to be confrontational, like like right up top. So um, it was a, I, I I I can see how that can be a little buggy. It's like you know, Marvel is a very liberal company, and they they don't they don't even pretend to hide it. But in and of itself, I, it didn't really bother me. Um, so overall, I'll give this about a, a B plus. It was pretty solid. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. I uh, All right, so we got Bertoni. Is the only one left besides me? Yeah. I actually, the more I think about it, I see Gerard's point about that first scene. I just really liked it. I thought that it was a good way of, like, you know, instead of having, like, people react to Kane, like, I, I it, it's showing, not telling. Instead of having Kane being, like, instead of having people go, like, wow, Kane, you're a real hard-ass. Wow, Kane, you don't show mercy the way that Spider-Man does. They're... They're showing it, so and in an issue where not a lot happens, yeah, it's um a jarring thing, but I liked it. It was a nice moment. I even thought that it was like rougher than something that Batman would have done. I had a problem with the Annabelle thing because it seemed really weird that a loner like Kane who like would ask this person that he's had one conversation with, like, hey, can you help us in our Scooby-Doo, you know, plot to solve this mystery about this girl, you know, and keep her from getting deported? It's he, he barely knows this woman, and, like, from the moment that we first met her, we knew that she was destined to become a supporting cast member or love interest, but it just... For what we know about Kane and the way he handles things, and the fact that the doctor apparently could speak Spanish anyway, it seemed, like, really, really weird to, like, hey, you're a female person who I've had a conversation with. Want to become best friends with the girl hiding in my... Uh, hotel room, which that's another thing about that hotel room. I know that there's, like, deluxe hotel suites that I'm never rich enough to see. That thing's huge. <laughs> it's like, that's like Bender and Fry's apartment on Futurama from that one episode, yeah. where he had to cut off his antenna. <laughs> that's like... like a penthouse. <laughs> and it has, a, it has two floors, too, as we find out in the next issue, right? Because he, like, comes down on a set of stairs, too. We see the stairs in one, in one panel. Yeah. Um... Okay, now, Zach mentioned the whole thing about Peter Parker being liberal and Kane. I don't even think it had anything to do with liberal or, like, what their feelings on marriage were. That was just Kane reacting to, like, two people that he didn't know were in a relationship were married. Like, he didn't know what their orientation was, much less with each other. It's like, 
if if you found out that like two male friends in your life who you you had no reason to think that they were gay, you found out that not only were they gay but they're but they're actually married, it you would have a visible surprise reaction. And I think that you know, I guess just his. I'm getting in trouble, but maybe his Texas attitude or something like that is like, oh, you got a problem with that? I see you were momentarily surprised for a second, but that's it. Like, it, it was one page, <laughs> and I think that there's been a lot more made out of it than needs to be. But anyway, that's all I have to say about it. It, it was a fun issue. Otherwise, um, I'll give it a I'll give it an A minus because there wasn't anything overly insulting, <laughs> as opposed to always. Well, usually I have a made with some issues that I review on Crawl Space or TBU or other things, but my biggest problem with this issue was was just, like, recruiting the bartender. I thought that that was really, really weird. It's like, mm-hmm. she's supposed to be a supporting cast member because of the first two issues, but it, it just... There's no reason for, for them to trust her. There's no reason for her to trust them. There's no reason that, 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 that like, he chose the help except that she's a female person that he's had a conversation with. Yeah, that was a little contrived in that regard. And um, what was interesting is visually, she's kind of a Mary Jane kind of, kind of looking with the redhead thing. <laughs> or even better, that spiky hair. Or even better, you know, you could even call her a Janine. Hey, <laughs> because she's the girl that Ben Roddy knew. And the yeah, girl. that looked exactly like Mary Jane so much so that Wacker mistaken. Ben Riley and Janine for Mary Jane and Peter Parker. We'll never let that go, and you never should. <laughs> yeah, but come on, this is like this is like a total like fridge logic thing. The the, the Parker bloodline likes redheaded women. What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Janine will get out of jail in like an issue, and then like Kane will like pick her up, and she's like, "I'm here, I'm here for Ben, my one true love." Where is he? Oh, he died like years ago. What? No. His cousin Peter must be so sad. Oh no, P- Peter forgot about him like five minutes later. Remember how she was pregnant? Oh, but yeah, that didn't happen. Oops. Oh no. We're on D-Rail Central. Okay, so Bertoni, what was your grade? A minus. Okay, A minus. All right, so I'm going to give this an A. Uh, uh, as I've alluded to before in my discussion with Will, I, I, I the. the, the, the scene with the with Ben and, and the doctor kind of did take me out a little bit of the issue but uh overall that that's just a minor quibble that got I, I blew up too big uh, was, uh and I do apologize if anybody got offended by that review anyway um I liked the uh the issue a lot because not only do we get for momentum every you know every every plot point is picked up and touched upon um I love the pacing of this of this series so far. It's been pretty pretty frantic, pretty kinetic, very cinematic in, in its in its storytelling, especially with the artwork. Um, art was fantastic in this issue. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. This this artwork is is uh, just top notch, and we we've been gushing about Stegman for the first two issues. Uh, the the Stegman gushing will continue for at least two more. Uh, <laughs> Well, this one and the next one. I, I absolutely loved it, and, and he, he did a great job. As far as the story, uh, I like that they're touching upon uh, Kane's past because I don't remember. And I went back and looked. The Assassins Guild, in terms of '90s Clone Saga continuity, was never he was never established that he was a part of it. All we knew is that he was an assassin. So this is taking 
that one little nugget from his first appearance and 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 blossoming into a full blown plot in this series. So I I, I got to give Yost his kudos. He knows his clone saga. He knows Kane better than uh, I think anybody that's written him over the last five years or so. So really great job with the user continuity and, and, and advancing and moving the plot forward. So um, uh, the Doctor I, I, I like as a character. Um, he just. He just seems as one of the good guys in the medical field and as a guy that uh, has seen the best and worst in Doctors. Uh, I do definitely appreciate seeing a character like that. And uh, the cop, we, you know, we, we really don't know much, much about the cop. Uh, he's, he's really kind of been relegated to cameo status, even though he is his partner. Um, but uh, I like the fact that we're getting – everything is getting forward progression, and, and this, this issue is a shining example of – how to do a comic right. So definitely right now for me, it's the best, it's the best spy related book on the stands. So, uh, definitely a for me. Okay. So we'll move on to issue four and I believe Gerard has the rundown. You would believe correctly. Oh, good. Glad that I believe correctly. Okay. Scarlet spider. Number four is written by Chris Yost. Of course, penciled by Ryan Stegman, inked by a triumvirate, composed of Ryan Stegman, Michael Lubinsky, and Cam Smith, and it was colored by Edgar Delgado. We begin in an unidentified time from the past, where Kane stands over a corpse in a hotel room in Detroit, and of course it would be Detroit, wouldn't it? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Uh, the, corpse, the corpse is branded with the mark of Cain, and the aforementioned killer, who has his hobo look with his scars and stuff, finds himself surrounded by members of the Assassin's Guild. The Guild's leader, Belladonna, appears as a hologram to demand restitution for all of his kills, because apparently the Guild has some sort of like market cornered on killing or something like that. So she demands that if he's going to go around... You know, killing people and stuff. Then, then obviously he has to pay them off or something. But of course, Kane thinks this is a bunch of crap, and he brusquely blows her off. And I, I guess he must have escaped from the hotel room somehow. We actually don't see that part of the scene. So we flash forward to today—not literally today, but like the modern times—where the Assassins Guild has come to collect. Kane battles them as the as yet unnamed Scarlet Spider, first facing a pair of superpowered assassins before encountering more of them later on in his story. Meanwhile, Dr. Meeland and Officer Layton have paid a visit to Terrence Mitchell, the, the scarecrow-looking fellow that ordered the hit on Meeland from the previous issue that Don recapped for you. Mitchell, however, is armed guards, uh, I think just maybe one, from the Assassin's Guild, meaning that they've effectively walked into a trap. A quick skedaddle over to the mall reveals that Annabelle who's decided to pull a Carly Cooper and has a different hair color this issue, has taken Araceli shopping for clothes with Kane's ill-gotten fazools. While checking out some tops, Araceli claims, in English, that she can feel him on the roof of a building nearby. Cutting to that very same thing, we continue the battle with Kane gaining the upper hand briefly before getting roughed up by a third assassin, with a fourth waiting in the wings. Back at Mitchell's house, Meelan claims to... to or, sorry, I messed that up. Back at Mitchell's house, Meelan tries to calm his panic enough to talk some sense into Mitchell. As it appears to begin working, we cut back to the battle, where Kane soon finds himself at a disadvantage when all four assassins gang up on him. However, since this ain't your mama Spider-Man, Kane punches through one's assassin's head, and literally the fist comes out the other side, and you got green blood flying everywhere. He chops off the other guy's leg, and he threatens to kill them all, making me flip back to the front cover, of course, to double-check to make sure this is, in fact, a T-rated book. Instead of killing them, though, 
He takes their, one of their phones to call the Assassin's Guild's headquarters in New Orleans to cut a deal. They call off the hits on himself and Milan, and he'll perform one assassination for them of, of their choosing. Belladonna accepts. Just as Mitchell's heavy sort of vanishes, because when she calls off the hits, all of the assassins just sort of disappear into thin air, he breaks down and apologizes to Milan for what he did. Later at Kane's hotel suite, Annabelle and Araceli share a meal and watch TV. Kane slogs in and heads for the bathroom, trying to wash off the, the blood that you know from the slash that he took earlier in the issue, where he has a psychotic episode in which he sees the rotting corpses of his past victims in the mirror, eventually calling out Louise's name, and there's a nice reference for you, for you uh, Lost Years fan, and puking in the toilet bowl, watching a news report about the Scarlet Spider's exploits, in which the newscaster calls him the Scarlet Spider-Man, close but not quite, Araceli lets it slip that Kane is the Scarlet Spider, leaving Annabelle in shock. Surely this tantalizing cliffhanger will form the basis for the next exciting issue. Right? <laughs> right? But of course. Uh, I thought it was actually a, an improvement over the, the um, story-wise, I thought it was an improvement over the previous issue. Um, but the first thing I have to notice when I handle this comic is the uh, very cheap cover paper, which I, I really hated. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, I mean, apparently DC can, can cover the cost of a glossy stock cover paper, but Marvel, even though with their increased 399 books and and higher profit margins, can't, can't afford uh, better papers, but uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Um, I like that it was lots of action between Kane and the, uh, the Assassin's Guild. I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Uh, gave a little variety of, of villains and stuff for him to to fight off. Um, although the designs were kind of iffy. I mean, maybe by any other artist that was um, had a more dynamic uh, style might have been looked a little cooler. But, uh, I mean, interesting designs all, the, all around. Um, good usage of the supporting cast. Um, and yeah, like Gerard said, I, th- I thought that was weird that Annabelle had pink hair. I, I'm guessing that's just a colorist miscommunication or something. I don't know which one I prefer, either the pink or the red. I'm kind of going towards the pink just to differentiate. But maybe, maybe she's you know in between dad jobs. Dad's <laughs> wearing off. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, as I said, the first two uh, first two pages uh, look because I, I kind of have a trained eye for this, so. I think the first two pages look actually the best of the issue because they, it looks like um, Ryan's like just inking himself in those two pages, which I am guessing is how it'll look uh, after the next issue, maybe uh, not in five, but maybe in six or seven before he leaves. Um, I, I much prefer it to the, the inked pages, which had a lot of anchors on them. Uh, not, it wasn't a, like a cavalcade or anything, but when you have that many anchors, it just looks kind of inconsistent. Um, uh, overall, I, I like Ryan's art, but it just looks sometimes uh, the characters look a little too bulky. They look a little like uh, I don't know. I, it's it's definitely stylized, but uh, I'm not 100 percent liking it. But it's it's still it's it's still solid stuff. Um, interesting with the deal with the Belladonna. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys watched the regular show. Uh, you guys watch it? The regular uh, show. Cartoon- yeah, the regular show on Cartoon Network. It's like that bird and the, and the raccoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that show. There's that one guy that's always yelling, my mom. He's hilarious. Yeah, well, there's a part where um, well, there's an episode where they're abusing, um, you know, like, doing me a solid, you know? They kind of, like, telling each other to keep doing me a solid. So I, it looks like uh, Belladonna might do that with uh, Kane. She's going to abuse his solid, you know? <laughs> 
I was gonna be like, you know, like, do me a favor and all that stuff. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting where they go with that. I'm guessing it'll be like some sort of high-profile assassination of, of some sort. So uh, interesting uh, little subplot uh, seed there. Um, but overall, uh, it was a fun book. I, I, I would give it an eight out of ten. Uh, the art kind of brought it down a little bit, but um, overall, a pretty fun issue. Thank you, Ben. All right, so B. All right, so we'll go with Donovan. Isn't that next go around? Things I already promised him. Yeah, and Zach always keep, keeps his promises. Um, <laughs> I I like this issue. It was mainly an action issue, and the action was done really well. Stegman, Stegman does well with action, All, um, and he I like his art, but the guy's not the guy's not not the best artist. By that I mean that like I find his you know I find his models appealing. I find his I find a lot of his posing appealing. He, he's a very classic. Spider-Man kind of artist because you know he does the whole poses thing really well when he's when Kane's web slinging and fighting and stuff. Yes, it's very it's it's not, it's not even a good way um, for all you kids to think the nineties was nothing but badness. Um, I like something I, I like the little girl where she's like where she's sort of like repeating what Kane says, kind of saying like I told you to run. This is gonna be over. I like she says oh, this is gonna be over too fast. You're ruining it. Like like insinuating that like she wants to save her, killing him. I thought it was a really cool kind of thing. Because usually little girls as like creepy bad guys are kind of a, a cliche that's not really new. I thought this was an interesting way to kind of do it. She wasn't so much creepy as she was interesting. Um, yeah, I thought she had kind of an anime, anime kind of vibe. Maybe an anime kind of character. Like one of those, I don't know, weird villains. Kind of reminded me of um, um, the girl from uh, Gorillas a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, I think that like, if I see a zombie in my comic one more time. I'm going to demand my money back. <laughs> Not that I paid for this. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, seriously, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, t- I'm really tired of the zombie thing. I don't watch Walking Dead. I don't, I don't dislike it, but it's not my thing. But, like, I don't like it permeating in everything I'm trying to see in terms of fiction. You know? And it's, it's just, a, it's just a, a, an excuse to have extreme violence and chop people's limbs off. That's, that, that, gets, that crap gets old really quickly. Um... On the flip side for Stegman's art, I think that when the dramatic stuff kind of comes to play, he kind of falls short. The scene with Meland and uh, the Terrence Mitchell, who for some reason is, is bald, um, when he's like giving him that th- that big speech that you know completely changes his mind from killing him in one panel, no less. Uh, his face is goofy looking. I mean, it's it's not him sitting down and trying to talk him down. It's it's just. Uh, and I don't like it when people try to have big drama in one page anyway, let alone one panel. It always kind of falls falls short, and it just, it just feels artificial to me. So, like, when the guy's, like, saying, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I don't really buy it because it was basically solved in one panel, not over a series of pages like it, you, you would imagine it would be. Um, I do like the scene at the end where uh, Kane is basically, like, saying, oh, I have all this blood on my hands. Although, here's, here's the question I have. At what point did Kane learn Japanese? Are we supposed to just assume that? Oh, he, he was a hobo, so that's every, all, everybody knows that hobos know other languages. I, I thought that was kind of dumb. Convenient for the plot. Hold on, what are you talking about? I don't quite remember. Um, we were talking to the, the zombie ninja. Uh... <laughs> this was back... Uh, he learned it in, um, in Scar- Scarlet Spider Trouble in Tokyo. Shut up. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> when, um, well, maybe it'd be something that they touch upon later on, though, too. I, I would I would think. I would hope uh, they're not going to because they're too lazy, but I would hope so. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, maybe he's planting seeds. I mean, he, that was one thing I will say about Yost. He does plant seeds that are going to be addressed later on. I mean, if, 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 they, if they do address them later on, that's cool. It's just that, you know, like, right as of right now, it feels like something that we're just supposed to accept because Kane was off the grid. And, like, I don't like, I don't like that kind of storytelling either. But, yeah, I do like the ending. Um, I like the reference to Louise. Um, and I like the fact that, like, Kane is a scarlet spider, says um, Annabelle. I thought it was pretty cool. I'll give this a, uh, a B. Okay, so we got two Bs. Uh, let's go to Bertoni. Tony, what's your thoughts? My, how the turntables have turned. It's an office quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was taken aback when I saw the name Belladonna. Apparently there's a Gambit character called Belladonna that this is that it is supposed to be, but I was like wondering originally, because there, there is a Roger Stern villain named Belladonna who used to attack Roger Kingsley before he was the Hobgoblin. So I was like, huh, but apparently that's not who this is. I was reassured by everyone. Comic Vine, which is known for, you know, accuracy in every single thing that they do, um, said that it was Gambit's Belladonna, so we'll go with that. Um, I was, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just saying, you, you can take my word for it. It, 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 it. All the pieces line up. She's from New Orleans, head of an Assassin's Guild, etc. Okay, so, um, and Gerard Delator, who's known for accuracy in almost everything that he does. <laughs> what are you trying to say there? You want to you want to take you want to take us outside, Josh? Yeah, I was confused by the little girl. Like, okay, she's running, she's attack. I I I didn't know what that was because like sometimes there's like little children and like fiction when someone's being attacked that'll appear out of nowhere. Like, you must run, you know. And there's some kind of harbinger for the future. I I don't know. Um, I like Kane basically like going nuts on these people, maiming them and like stabbing them in the head. And I had to check to see if that was actually Kane and if he was actually because even though this is um our fourth issue, like I'm still taken aback that like the protagonist of the book is being this rough. And I know that we have Wolverine and the Punisher stuff, but maybe it's because he's called the Scarlet Spider or something, or maybe it's because you know Kane has a reputation, but we haven't actually seen him really do that much, except for like kill Doctor Octopus and stuff. It, it's it's mostly been reputation, so it's it, it it's interesting and it kind of and it, and it helps sell you know who Kane is. Um, once again, it's really lucky that Annabelle and you know um the girl who I'm calling Allison get along so well because uh, again she was again she was randomly picked last issue to be her best friend, and now they're shopping together. And apparently getting along. I guess there's a lot more to Allison than meets the eye because she knows English. She doesn't know English. She can feel Kane on the roof. It's um, and we still don't know why you know um, uh, '90s reject fire villain was trying to kill her. So th- this kind of adds to the mystery. Um, I guess I'll give this issue a B plus. It wasn't as good as last issue, but it added some pieces to the puzzle and had some fun stuff. Okay, so we'll just go to Mr. Gerard Delatour, last but not least. You talk about tables turning. Apparently, I like this issue the most out of all you guys. I I really like this issue. Um, I th- I thought the art was fantastic. Um, I I thought that the action in the story had a lot of stakes. And I don't mean like, you know, the kind you eat. This one's almost as good, but not quite. I mean like the, 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 since the characters are, you know, growing on me and stuff like that, I'm interested in what happens to them. You know, like if they run into a situation where they could get gunned down, I'm sort of like, oh crap, I hope they don't get gunned down, as opposed to, you know, Marla Jameson bleeding out on the street, and I'm like, psh, whatever. <laughs> um, the, the, there's enough characterization here to go along. You know, to fit. 
I think Josh does have kind of have a point that, like, yeah, a lot of it is just slotting things together for convenience. You know, here's the the love interest girl Friday character. Here's the best friend, like, mysterious girl character. Okay, here's the cop buddy character. Okay, here's the, the doctor that serves the purpose for the plot character. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't know, the... the there's some sort of magical combination they're working between how much we see them and what they're doing that it just sort of works for me. It's hard to it's hard to articulate. Um, the, I only have one or two cons. Mainly that I thought the even though even though there's a lot of action and I think it's paced out fairly well, I think there are too many characters in the story that are just sort of thrown at you, especially with regards to the assassins. Who they all, who all have wildly divergent power sets, and they're trying to give them some elements of characterization, but they throw so many of them at you that it almost becomes like sensory overload. And uh, I got I got I got to side with Will on the cover stock thing. I actually noted in my review because sometimes when I when I get these comics, of course, because I'm one of these people that still gets suckered into going every week to the shop or whatever. And then I, I plunked down my cover price for it. And I'm riding home on the subway. Usually I just, like, you know, crack these things open and read it. I almost tore the cover off of this thing reading it because I wasn't expecting it to be so flimsy. <laughs> I actually, like, opened up the book. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, holy smokes. Because it's actually, th- I think it's actually thinner than the interior page stock. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, I've, uh, they've said that it's kind of the same stock as the interior, but it just looks a lot more flimsy, right? I think it's <clears throat> less... Um, I, I, it sort of reminds me of, uh, remember back when the Ultimate books were still relatively new within the first two or three years, how they changed from, like, the sort of cardstock that they had to, to a different cardstock that was extremely that flimsy? Glossy, that glossy, you couldn't, you could barely read it because it get fingerprints all over it and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. it was... Oh man! And remember, they they almost like they didn't quite issue an apology, but they had to, they kept getting a lot of complaints enough that they had to change it back or like yeah. not to full card stock, but they had to address it again. Yeah, and like, so they, it was like only for like four or five issues before they were like everybody would complain enough. Yeah, it was like around the time uh, they had that uh, imposter, just a guy named Joe. Yes, Mark. yes, that's exactly around the time it was. I think halfway through the Venom story, they went back, or yeah. or maybe the arc after that. Because yeah. I, I was thinking exactly in terms of Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. Um, I, I sure hope they, they change the paper stock soon. I know what they're doing. They're trying to cut corners on the 299 books. They cut two pages out of it, so it's all the, all the 299 books are 20 pages, which they made fun of DC doing a year ago, but suddenly they don't have a problem with it now. Oh, and then they start... Very- <laughs> there, there's something very hypocritical about that, but that's another podcast entirely. And and then they're cutting out like the paper stock quality. I don't know what the heck is going to be the the next thing, but I sure hope there isn't one. Yeah, so um, they'll be uh, still handing out like uh, you know um, bags of boards. They'll be giving you like a brown paper bag to put your comics in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's been reduced to Playboy. Well, well, they have to they have to uh, save money somewhere if they're gonna poly bag every issue now. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> yeah, the two nine nine books are still have the glossy stock cover, although they're not as um, nice as they're before. They start changing them over, but yeah, yeah, there's some uh, crappy stuff going on there. But anyway, enough enough of that nonsense. Uh, 
I, I really like this. I'm going to give this an A. Give it an A. Okay. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I think I'm going to agree with Gerard. I really like this issue. Um, I, I felt it was action-packed. I like the fact that we're using continuity. Even though I never had heard of the Assassin's Guild, um, I felt there was enough to, to go with it. Uh, I, I don't think we, we've definitely not seen the last of it. I, I love the fact that that there is such a contrast between this this Spider-Man and, and, and Peter Parker. Uh, this this character is nothing like Peter Parker, as he should be. I mean, if he became Peter Parker light, I think I would probably complain more. Um, this this is guy. This is a guy that has a very small moral compass. You, you, you know that little voice in the back of his head is not nearly as big as everybody else's. Yeah, didn't we have this discussion when they announced the series? We're like, okay, they have to do something to make it different. Uh, they've they've succeeded. They've definitely succeeded. They didn't. That's not a problem. This and, series. And, and we, I, I know uh, that uh, the other website we're associated with, and myself included in that on that website, liked a dog on Stephen Wacker. But I have to give him kudos for making this diff, this book have a distinct feel to it. Um, but you know the art. To get back to the to the issue itself, I the artwork was fantastic to me. I, I, now I I I'm glad that Will was on because I think we all would have probably gushed more on the artwork. Uh, but you were talking about the, the the page count. I think with the particular was this the scene where we're getting this issue and last issue confused. But is this the scene where where the the guy that ordered the hit starts crying and everything in the same panel? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I had to, yes. I had to go back because I, I bought this issue digitally, which was a different experience for me. But uh, this is where having those extra two pages probably would have helped. Uh, you know, it, when you you could have had it, you know, a little bit more depth to with an extra page or two. Yeah, so, it definitely felt very uh, truncated uh, as far as that. You know, I'm not sure that Yost has quite mastered the 20-page thing, but he's doing a lot better. But definitely, some scenes feel a little short in content. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's a classic example of that. So, um, but it wasn't too bothersome to me, probably because I was with, with when you're using Comicsology, they do a panel by panel transition. They got this little thing, and it probably looks it does look better on the like a Kindle. Mm-hmm. Uh, than it does like an iPhone. <laughs> iPhone screen's pretty small. But uh, it, 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 that's one thing that struck me especially about this issue, how cinematic it was. And I, I've talked about that with the last three issues, but in this one it really felt like an action movie. Um, the other thing I've liked about this, this book overall has been that we've got you know, pretty much two issue stories you know, from the beginning. We had issue one, was the first half the pilot, and then you had the second half with issue two, and the same thing. Then, but it builds into issue three, and then it bleeds into issue four, and then we'll get to issue five in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> but man, I mean, the, the, the writing was strong, the artwork was strong, uh, so I have to get this a solid A. Oh, also, one last thing to note is uh, interesting that Yost kind of uh, tries to educate the reader on, uh, on Houston, Texas, with all little... Uh, a little like annotations, like uh, I think there's one that has. Uh, let me see here. One says uh, River Oaks, one of the wealthiest communities in Texas. Uh, another one says the Galleria, the uptown district of Houston. Yeah, I think they and they actually went down to Houston. Like when the when the issue when the book debuted, uh, they went down to Houston did a signing down there. And I, I think that was one thing that he tried to do is that 
this is, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things in, in the Marvel Universe, this is like the most random place you could possibly have a story. So uh, I do appreciate that. And we'll get to next issue in a minute because there's some things in the next issue I'm going, uh, Chris? Those are all things in the next issue we're going to be going, uh, over. <laughs> so, okay, so let's, let's. Overall, the first issue got a solid B from everybody, I, I, it, the consensus. Uh, I think this was a B plus, most of, the, most of the consensus. I mean, there was two Bs, a B plus, and two As. So uh, now we're getting to issue five. And. I'm going to be doing the rundown for this issue. This is the most recent issue that came out. Um, Chris Yost is still the writer. Neil Edwards came in and did the pencils. Carl Ketzel? Is that... Is that Carl Kiesel. Pen- Kiesel, okay. And Edgar Delgado did the... Uh, uh, Kiesel was the inker and the colorer was Delgado. All right, so... We open up the issue and we're in the middle of a car chase. And these two guys in the van that they got down by the river are uh, apparently <laughs> have apparently robbed the bank. Now the scarlet spider jumps into action and literally gets to, gets a tr- control of the wheel and makes the van flip on its side. As the driver gets out, he thinks he needs a doctor. Well, he instead gets more pain. Uh, we get the scene with Kane holding him by the throats asking where's the bomb then we go over to the University of Houston where uh, a group of Armani dressed thugs walk in and then shoot a guy in the head the uh, excuse me the security guard in the head we cut back to the car wreck where our friendly neighborhood cop has shown up and Kane's trying to get (laughs) information out but he's squeezing his throat so hard he can't breathe then, after finally being convinced by Leighton to put down the thug, he does, before, and then turns around and pops out his claws and stabs, excuse me, his stingers that he last seen in Spider Island and stabs him in the hand before he finally gets the uh, information out of him. They were, we're then joined by uh, the cop and the Scarlet Spider in the police cop and... Or, Police, police cop. Wow, the police car, where the two have a conversation about the morality of what he was doing back there as a uh, as it was condoned as torture. We get the backstory on the villain of the plot, who is a right wing extremist that that proceeds to shoot people along the border. Meanwhile, and one of those apparently I think illegal aliens or watchdog uh, called the HPD, scared out of their mind. They we find out that this guy is named Rainer, and <laughs> After they finally arrive to the now the University of Houston, excuse me, I, I better go back here. has has a radiation test site, or let me use their phrasing. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I forgot this in my notes. A science building, <laughs> the Texas Center of Superconductivity, is is the official uh, tagline with the University of Houston. So they go back to the University of Houston, where they reach a radiation core. There's. Uh, they have made a nuclear bomb to be detonated in Houston. The thugs from earlier, now no longer dressed in Armani suits, start firing at the Scarlet Spider. The Scarlet Spider then quickly dispatches them all before finally getting the information. Cut to cue to the FBI field office, FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., and S.H.I.E.L.D. Daisy Johnson, the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is completely new to me, 
<laughs> the Black Nick Fury, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the Black Nick Fury and Agent Coulson all make their cameo appearance along with Tony Stark, Iron Man. Stark gets, Eating gets the karma. Eating a swimmer, yes. <laughs> he's eating a swarma. After he's been interrupted eating a swarma, Iron Man jumps into action. And then they turn and look at the Meanwhile, reader. Cut- they, Come on. Come on. <laughs> the, we cut to the William P. Hobby Airport with the Scarlet Spider and our friendly neighborhood cop, Layton, cutting to a private jet where our villain of the piece... Is a is about Rainier to uh, <laughs> the villain of peace is Rainer is told hello I wasn't expecting someone else yada yada etc etc when Scarlet asks where's the bomb he goes you'll find out in twenty minutes click boom shoots himself in the head <laughs> <laughs> Leighton ever the late bloomer or late latecomer accuses Scarlet Spider of actually killing him <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this next part just makes me laugh. <laughs> After a brief argument, Scarlet Spider's like, what do you want me to do? Talk to... I can talk to spiders. Yes, yes, folks. This for- long-forgotten power of Spider-Man, he can talk to spiders. Ant-Man style, to where he actually finds the bomb. Iron Man, be- meanwhile, has been dispatched into action 27 minutes from Houston at top speed. The president then gets a update saying that they're going to lose Houston. <laughs> because, well, Iron Man's going to be 20 minutes late and $20 short. We find out that there's an underground subway system, or excuse me, uh, pedestrian walkways, the Houston Underground, where Scarlet, using his new juju powers, finds the nuclear device. With two minutes left, the two of them are free... Uh, uh, Leighton is also followed on there. Like Leighton and Scarlet Spider are like, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. So Scarlet Spider does what he does best, which is ripping things up to shreds. <laughs> Leighton, relieved, uh, <laughs> says, it didn't go off. What did you do? Uh, Kane goes, we're all going to die anyway. So basically he ripped every single cord out instead of trying to look through all the cords because none of those cords would have detonated the bomb. After a brief laugh, Scarlet then uses his camouflage powers to hide. Meanwhile, Leighton is given a... <laughs> is supposedly maybe getting a uh, commendation or something like that. Meanwhile, we get uh status update. Iron Man, this is Agent Coulson about that situation in Houston. Um, it looks it's like it's been resolved. And that, my friends, is how the issue ends. So, we'll go to Joshua Lappin Bertoni first. <laughs> Josh, what's your thoughts? This issue, uh, well, the different art took me like a, a little while to get used to, and um, the way that the panels are arranged is different than the way that Stegman does. So, I mean, the book automatically has a different feel. So it's between that and between the narrative of the story, it was a very jarring experience at first. Like, the story starts and then goes into a flashback, like after they start in the middle of the action, explaining where they are, and uh, so... Had to catch up with all that. Um, I don't read a lot of other non-Spider-Man titles, so I had no clue that apparently, like, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury was a character in the comics. Um, I still don't know what the deal is with that, but, like, uh, okay. I have two weeks ago. Okay, okay, here's the deal. 
I'll explain. I'll explain. The mid-sun, but they both have one eye. Really? And why yeah. does he look like he's like the same age as him? <laughs> okay, so here's here's the thing. If you haven't read the Battle Scars miniseries, apparently there was something that was like everybody's like, "Ooh, something big is going to happen in this miniseries that nobody read because." Where's like Battle Scars? Really? This is uh, yeah. So they introduced this new black guy character. It's revealed that he's the son of Nick Fury. How? <laughs> he's a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I he's, the bast- he's the bastard son of Nick Fury. Oh, it gets better. He has a different name. He changes his name to Nick Fury, so now he's known as Nick Fury Jr. I can't make this up. <laughs> then in the last issue, they shoehorn Agent Coulson. So Agent Coulson's uh, actually been there this whole time, just sitting there eating a swarma, apparently. <laughs> uh, uh, Daisy, <laughs> what was it? Daisy Johnson, a.k.a. Nick Fury's like you know pr- former protege, is now the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which nobody knew about in this miniseries that apparently nobody read. Yeah, so... There's there's the aside. You, you 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 also forgot the best part, which is that Nick Fury Jr. had his eye gouged out and shaved his head. Oh yeah, that's right. And grew Fury, so that now he, and yeah, exactly. So now he's being fantastic about that. Did he really gouge out his eye and shave his head? No, he got no no. Somebody gouged somebody gouged it out of his like like the bad guy did it. Yeah. yeah. That actually and, and of course, Agent Coulson there and. Um, I guess what's her name, Daisy or whatever, or like yeah, she, they draw her to look just like uh, Colby Mulders from the Avengers movie. It's almost as if that this book came out during a month and a major motion picture about Shwarma was released. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know, but I, you know, where I come from, we we call that thing pandering. So um, <laughs> one part, of, one part of the issue that I did like was um, kind of. Kane and um, the cops sitting, you know, when they think that the world's about to end, and just and, and just kind of talking to each other. But uh, did they really like do nothing but just sit there for the few minutes and like? And then Kane's like, "Oh, hey, let me try and pull the wires." That seemed. Um, yep. Oh, wait, actually, you know what? Now I'm not looking at these pages again. It was two minutes and twenty-one seconds, and then he pulls it in at one minute and five seconds. So yeah, they only sat around on their butts for like a minute and a half. Uh, I kind of liked that moment. The rest of this was uh, this issue was uh, was a lot was was a little poor. It's uh, uh, I, I hope that they do better next time around. I'll just say this it's a, a, a D, uh, C minus. Mm, C minus. Okay. Uh, all right, so we get I'll go to Will Sanchez. Junior. All right, Will. Well, uh, what's, what's your thoughts? Um. Yeah, I didn't really like this one as much as the previous issues. Uh, uh, I missed the colorists from the previous, um, the first three or four issues, um, Marte Gracia. It was pretty good. I, I, the color palette was just a lot, um, it was kind of dark, but it had more like of a simple palette. Uh, this stuff looks a little too bright. I mean, it fits like a Spider-Man book, but I'm not quite, I'm, I just didn't like the colors. It seemed a little too, um, too bland for me. Um, yes, I agree. That's Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, Neil Edwards' art—he um, seems. I always seen him as a, like a kind of a poor man's Brian Hitch. Uh, he, he tries to like do a real realistic thing. Sometimes it looks cool. Like it was interesting to see like his version of Scarlet Spider uh, compared to like um, Stegman's, which is which definitely he got a little more wrong. But I'll, I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. 
Um, it's, it's definitely more um, realistic and kind of cool. it looks kind of cool in certain shots. Um, but uh, on the whole, I'm, I'm not wasn't really a huge fan of the art. It kind of made me miss Stegman for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, um, I, I like the usage of the stingers. Uh, I almost forgot he had them. I, I thought just Peter had them. So because uh, I, I guess he used them before in, in Spider Island, was it? He did. Yeah, he used his stingers to stab the queen in the face. That's weird, though. Um, did he? He just uh, was he like reborn or something? And he grew those stingers. Yeah. I, well, well, what happened was Kane became a giant spider. Then he got dipped into the anti-venom goo, um, and was then stripped away of his man spideriness and became reborn as as a post other Peter Parker, essentially. You forgot so the best part. The goo the goo is supposed to take away everybody's powers, yeah. and of course he goes in and comes out with more powers instead of less. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because it doesn't make any sense. Well, the reason why... Oh, and I forgot like, to mention... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I guess the reason why he, he he reacted differently than everyone else is because he started get, becoming Spire Furry whenever he died. So, you know, maybe it's just a completion of that transformation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't Spider make any sense. Furry, really? Okay, I just thought that was kind of weird, Um, especially when Spider-Man doesn't use him anymore. It's just kind of like, oh, we, we'll make you... Can use them, but you know, Spider-Man would just keep him. He would just retain all the classic, you know, stuff. But um, anyway, um, I, I agree with, with uh, Josh. It felt like the end of an Ant-Man book from the Silver Age. Like that's what Ant-Man would have done to like solve the problem of the day in like a 1963 <laughs> book. Like, wait a second, my ants will figure out where the hostage is being held. Yeah, that, that felt exactly the same way about that. Um, it was interesting. It was weird that uh, he just doesn't share uh, Peter's like. Uh, smarts, I guess. Uh, I guess that's one of those interesting little uh, asides with the clone stuff, because uh, I'm not sure if Ben... I mean, I mean I'm sure Ben's pretty uh, smart, but um, it seems to have been lost on Kane. I guess he's just kind of uh, a little bit more brutish. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was very cool to see the Watchdogs, because uh, they're typically a, a Captain America type of organi- uh, like terrorist organization. Uh, Mark Ruinwald uh, created them. Uh, I think recently before this, they were in um, Ed Brubaker's cap when he uh, when Ed when Bucky Cap um, teamed up with uh, the Falcon, which is pretty cool. Um, okay, so they are previously established. This isn't like him BSing his way. That's previously thought. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, because that was one of my biggest gripes of the issue. Okay, okay, uh, I'm not going to be nearly as upset. I'm still going to be a little upset, but I'm okay. Continue. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that definitely a legitimate uh, Marvel organization. Um, I, I thought the whole thing with uh, Leighton and Kane was pretty cool. Uh, the partnership was it was cool to build up the whole because you know he's a part, he's a supporting character, uh, uh, a supporting character. So uh, it was great to see him at least uh, fleshed out in the context of Kane. And usually you don't see Spider-Man doing this type of thing. He won't like uh, do, do a stakeout or anything. So I thought that was pretty fun. Um, and also the comment between uh, Leighton and Kane about handling people, which is uh, it was pretty funny. Um, the whole Iron Man, uh, Colson, Johnson, Nick Fury Jr. thing, uh, it seemed a little arbitrary because uh, they barely really factored in. I guess because, you know, the book is part of a greater Marvel Universe, so it does contribute to the shared universe type of thing. Um, but it, it, it wasn't really vital or anything, so I, I would have, you know, it didn't really need that much. Uh, you would you didn't really need a splash of Iron Man or anything, so <laughs> I, I just thought that was a little... Um, no, you didn't. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little much. I guess it just kind of a little bit tie into the movies, but 
whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, I'll give it like a seven out of ten, uh, or I guess C minus. C minus. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go to Don. What are your Thank thoughts? You. I'm waiting for this. You're just chomping at the bit, aren't no, you? No, I really want to get to this. this is, like, I, read, I read this like um, like before we recorded, and, and I laughed all the way. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, this is which is horrible. In fact, I'm not. I'm not going to be mad. I, I'm, I'm not going to at least pretend that I'm mad because it wasn't that bad. Well, I mean, it was really goofy and it wasn't. It was kind of dumb. But you know, it's. it's I'm not going to compare it to Spider-Man Unlimited, but it was approaching the same lines. You know, when you like you like something like a movie or a television show because it's unique and it kind of you know gives new ideas, and then like people kind of copy it or at least you know make parodies of it, and it becomes replicated and then becomes less special. This was like Spider-Man meets 24, because I really liked it. I really liked 24 when it was on, and now that like this this whole entire issue was basically like kind of reminding me of 24 a lot. Then it kind of like it, for some reason it, it didn't work for me here. Um, I guess because he's gonna be in Houston, there's gonna be a whole attitude about the, the sort of like proactive. You know, we can't uh, you know be nammy panty towards these criminals. We, we gotta you know you know be rough with them. Although I don't think it makes sense with like the cop, because the cops thought you can't do that. I mean, I I understand that there are morals or whatever, but like it, I feel as though I don't know. Kane, Kane, Kane they say he's in Houston, but like I'm not, I'm not sure. It's it's it, there's not a, being picky and choosy with like the general uh, uh, mindset of, of Houston citizens. Although maybe I'm just stereotyping. Um, speaking of stereotyping, the the, the, the whole plot was essentially okay. This is a uh, right right wing uh, extremist group who hates gay people and porn stars and um, and abortion clinics. Um, oh, by the way, the war for the Red Skull. In case we, in case you, you couldn't tell, let's nuke it. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> and the fact that the, the bad guy's name was Rainier. Like, I can just see him being played by Eric Roberts in like 1990. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the best of the best. <laughs> oh, ten respect points. Um, I mean, this was silly. This was really silly. Like, um, the most egregious thing in every sense of the term is like the fact that like you have this you have this nuclear bomb going off, and um, Black Fury, uh, uh, Coulson, and um, Maria Hill, who's going by Daisy Johnson uh, for some reason. I'm sure it's a separate character, but she don't look like it. Like, okay, this is, one of the one of the United one of the states one of the fifty states is about to be blown up in a nuclear holocaust, and they're just calmly looking into, into a, a Skype webcam saying, uh, "I guess we better send Iron Man into it." I don't like when when art. This is this is sort of a slack on the art. If there's a nuclear uh, you know threat, people are not going to just stand there and pose for the panel. You know, I, it's a criticism I have of uh, of a uh, Spider Man right now. It's like you know, like the threat's not sold when when the art the people in the, through the arts don't look concerned. There's like to take care of it. Uh, if you can't, then it sucks. Oh, the president, we're going to, you know, Texas is dead. Uh, come on now, really? Um, similarly, when um, Rainier... Hey, only half of Texas. Let's get it right. You know, I mean, uh, my, my part of the woods would be fine. Just saying. Would it be radioactive? <laughs> well done. By comic book science, he would actually end up with, like, superpowers, remember? And thank God for Scarlet Sparks. I wouldn't want those that. <laughs> Save the world, but um, when when Rainier blew his brains out, he looked kind of weird. Like his, he had eyeliner for some reason, or he, or his, he, someone did his eyelashes. Um, 
it's just uh, this is silly. I mean, I mean, and of course Tony Stark is you know the, the the man for the job. There's no other superheroes because he's he's played by Robert Johnny Jr. Again, I I didn't hate this issue, but you could definitely tell that not a lot of thought was put into it. C minus. I gave the last issue the highest grade out of everybody. I think it's I, I think I'm just I have to I have to reset the balance of of the universe by oh, I don't know. being more negative on this and everybody else. You, you I thought this issue sucked. <laughs> I thought it sucked hard. Oh my god. Oh man. Um okay. Okay, let me try to start with some good things. I thought the art was oh, was solid enough to tell the story. I don't have to like a lukewarm like appraisal, but come on. There's not much to go on in this issue. Um, Will totally stole the word for word what was in my notes, which is that Neil Edwards has always been like a poor man's Brian Hitch. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly I get that idea from. I think the only thing I'd previously seen his work on was he did a couple of fill-in issues of Fantastic Four back when Mark Millar and Brian Hitch were on the series. And of course, he consciously attempted to emulate Hitch. So I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Like this, this is very obviously like the poor man's work. And there's a little bit of that in this issue, but generally speaking, no. And I think that's because of, you know Carl Kessel. I always call him, but is it Kiesel? Somebody help me out here. Carl Kiesel is a very good anchor. So I mean, like he's smoothed over some of that, I think. And I, I assume Edwards is also, you know, evolved as he's went. But, uh, like, the, the biggest thing that took me out was that I didn't even know that that was supposed to be Officer Layton until they identified him by name. Because, like, just visually I couldn't tell that was supposed to be him. I was like, wait, this random cop here? What? I don't know. It, it just He didn't look anything like the same character. And I guess that's because you're going from a one really cartoonish art style to a more quote-unquote realistic one, but... Whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm also with Don, I'm also with Don on that panel where uh, Rainier blows his brains out or whatever. I mean, the, the he has the gun in his mouth. I swear to God, it's like he just he just referenced that by taking a picture of a baby trying to jam a rattle into its mouth, and then just drew a gun instead of a rattle because it looks just like that. It's almost really creepy. Um, but yeah, the art is all right. Um, there is a lot of action, I guess. So if you're a big fan of that kind of stuff, you get what you came for. But otherwise, I really didn't like it. I, I, in the previous issue, I said that the action had stakes, and so that you cared what happened. This issue was the reverse, where there's like no stakes at all, because they just sort of threw you in the middle of the story without like establishing any sense of like you know, the consequences, and like Don said, everybody's standing around posing for a, a, a Skype window shot instead of actually, like, acting like the, the half of a state is about to get blowed up real good. <laughs> like, so, like, if, if if the characters in the story don't care, why the hell am I, as a reader, supposed to it's care? It's not just the state. It's, like, the largest state in the lower 48. It's not like, you know, like, like New Jersey, you know, is getting blown up. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it is only it is only Texas, so no loss there. You know, it's not, it's not like Florida or Tennessee or New York; those worthless places. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, dude, the gratuitous Avengers movie tie-in crap really pissed me off reading this because it was it was so it you know sometimes you can even allow that, but when it's so shamelessly transparent, like it, it's a, it's a head scratcher. It really is. Like Iron Man showing up and, and literally doing nothing. Yeah, he, he does nothing. Take take, shows, take Iron Man out of the issue. It's the same story. Yeah, he shows up <laughs> twenty minutes late, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> It it reminds me of that Ultimate Spider-Man story, where the Rhino is ripping up like a neighborhood or something, and Peter's trying to get out of school, but he can't. And then it, like a whole bunch of comical things happen to him to prevent him from leaving. And then when he finally gets there, it turns out Iron Man had already solved the problem, and he was just there for no reason. Exploding force field of electricity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, that was played for comedy, right? And that's the only way you could really play something like this. So when Iron Man is like, I'll be there in 20 minutes, we gotta, we gotta make sure this nuclear blast doesn't go off and kill everyone, I obviously didn't laugh the whole time, because, it was like, it didn't work at all. And uh, it happens in the movie, too. <laughs> Nukes! That's right, it does, doesn't it? Iron Man, oh, God. <laughs> I, did that, I didn't even... I didn't even put that together, but holy smokes, you're right. They just totally cribbed that entirely from the movie. And then um, Mark Ruffalo goes on to panel for a second, waves to the reader, and says, and I am also in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and by the way, a little little side note, uh, how did Davy, Daisy Johnson, a character who was introduced less than ten years ago, end up being in charge hey, of S.H.I.E.L.D.? This is the same company that let Maria Hill, who was literally introduced like an issue or two before she <laughs> become director of Shield, automatically like that. Uh, to, an- to answer, to- hasn't Maria Hill been around for like a long time? No, I thought she was uh, not that long. She was around for like, like ten years, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I thought she was a business guy. Yeah, she was introduced in. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking her up. Yeah, new event. But to answer your question, Don, Daisy Johnson was introduced in, in Bendis' Secret War miniseries from, like, 2004? Yeah. Is she, is she supposed to look like the twin of Maria Hill? Uh, she's supposed to look like Angelina Jolie from Hackers, and that's not a joke. Like, they literally just traced Angelina Jolie from Hackers into that Secret War miniseries. <laughs> you look sometimes. It's hilarious. Yeah, they both okay. had like the same haircut. Um, but like the whole whole development with the uh, Daisy, that was um, that was actually done in uh, Hickman's um, Secret Warriors. So that, that that's the run you want to look at if you want to see how the the new shield was formed and their new structure and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Well, that makes perfect sense. I dumped that for six issues. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and the the last and probably biggest complaint I have about this. Is that my god? After the, the the cliffhanger that I I jokingly pointed out at the end of the pre- previous issue, I'm like, my god, they have to follow up on this immediately. And they believe- Annabelle, Annabelle, Araceli, and Doctor Milan don't even appear in this issue. <laughs> like, where where did this come from? This is like an inventory. You know, how back in the 80s and the 70s, how they would have inventory stories. Like, just in case they got behind schedule, they'd just throw out this random story that would just fill up that month's orders. And then you get back to your regularly scheduled programming the next issue. That That's what this felt like. It was like, this has nothing to do with the ongoing narrative of the series. It doesn't add anything. Like, it's disposable. If you just throw this in the garbage... Well, no, because um, 
they mention what happened last issue was someone taking the picture, and he's, like, reacting to being called the Scarlet Spider for the first time. So it, that, that doesn't work if it's done out of sequence. Uh, yeah, okay, but, like, <laughs> other, like, okay, so it has the vaguest tie-in, like, possible to this thing. Like, what happened when he came out of the bathroom in the pre- at the end of the previous issue? We'll never know, no. Exactly nothing. Because whatever happened, it passed. He went to bed. <laughs> It's infuriating, is what it is. And any other threesome with both the girls. I just was about to say that too. <laughs> One of whom. And, 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 and then when he was, and then when he was done, Black Nick Fury started clapping his hands. <laughs> well done, Scarlet Spider. Um, why do you see the Avengers Initiative? Just for that. Yeah. Okay. So. So. Uh, the. Uh, do we, what you want a letter grade for this? Yeah, uh, uh, let's. No, it's not. It's not that bad, but it's so I'll say like a D minus maybe. <laughs> D minus. Okay. Well, uh, Gerard, I'm going to echo your sentiments because this this issue sucked. Wow, wow, this issue sucked. Um, it was kind of funny though. <laughs> it, it, it's funny for all the wrong reasons. Right. I mean, it's it's not. <laughs> yeah. If it was played up to be a you know buddy cop comedy movie, great. This issue's this issue's an A plus, but. The first of all, the the pacing of the issue is weird. So you've got <laughs> you've got um, we start in the middle of the story, and then we go you know cut to the to the bad guys doing nefarious things, and then which is supposedly in flashback, but there's no indications of when the sequences take place. Like is this yesterday? Is this you know hours before? Like no, like so whoever like. Did, did the final cut of this issue didn't put like timestamps at all, so it, it, it's very very uh, ADD um, paced in this book. We've got yes, we've got the first mentioning of him being called the Scarlet Spider. We also have the little Pete's sake uh, pun that uh, that was kind of fun. But one of the, but that I mean the, the, I liked the reference to Scarlet Spider. I liked the uh, <laughs> him saying I swear to God I'm being punished. That made me laugh. I like the Pete's sake pun. Pete, Pete sake pun. I did like the last scene where they're laughing at the, after not blowing up. But then, <laughs> that's my positives. And now for the negatives. And oh, are there many? First of all, the artwork was okay. It wasn't great. But if I'm drawing this newly, you know, minted superhero, to me, at least get the back of the superhero's costume right. Like, throughout the entire issue, he draws the back of the costume the exact same way as the front of the costume. Now, this wouldn't bother me if the back of the costume was the same as the front, but the black part of the costume goes halfway down his back into a V, and the spider is actually red as a scarlet spider, right? No, he draws the he draws the exact opposite. So he, get, he screws up the costume. That, that, that bugged me to no end. This is why we're comic nerds. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, obviously the Iron Man and Agent Coulson reference were stuck in like, oh, we got to stick these guys in for the last minute. The, the, in, a, in a miniseries that nobody read. You know, and there's not even like, oh, wondering what's happening here? See Battle Scars. That would be fine. But no, Iron Man does absolutely nothing. He does absolutely like they're like guest starring Iron Man, and he does nothing. So well, he doesn't do nothing. He does serve to remind you that there's an, an Avengers movie out in case you're living under a rock and didn't realize it. <laughs> exactly. Just, just, and, and then the other part of the story, to me, the story just ends. 
Like, ooh, it looks like it's been resolved. Oh, the end. Like, <laughs> if if this was like a like a TV show, the ending would just go like sitcom eighty style. Da, 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 da. Then you have the circle that just closes out like her. It would be Scarlet Spider and uh, the cop laughing, and then like all of a sudden it would freeze frame, and it would be the Power Rangers ending music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work too. That's exactly right. And the other thing that bothered me with this issue, okay, so he, he can talk to spiders, great, because we, we're getting piecemealed all these powers that he has. He has the stingers we've already seen, and he's, now he can talk to spiders like Ant-Man, which nobody made fun of that power when, that, when, he, when Peter Parker had, had that power in the other, so much so that they never referenced it again. Oh, I can talk to spiders. <laughs> uh, the other thing that bothered me about this issue was... The nuclear bomb. So you have a nuclear bomb. Five seconds left. Oh, I'm going to rip every single cord out. Now, in every movie that I've ever seen, if they ever did that, the bomb would explode. Like, how is it that the same bomb that triggers the explosion got ripped out at the same time as the bomb that stops the explosion? It's science. You don't have to explain it. No, 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 no. no. I mean, there's, there's so much. There has to be a little bit of logic, you know? Another three Maybe. seconds and Mr. Goldfinger would have blown it. Exactly. It's just there's so much logic fail. And the other thing that, that so, somewhat bothers me about the uh, artwork <laughs> is you look at the spiders on, on the ground when he w- first walks into the nuclear bomb place. Yeah, they're all dead, right? They're not even alive. So you let him sense them. Yeah, <laughs> he can sense them dead. Oh, these are dead spiders. Wait, 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 wait. Why, why, why were spiders the big clue to where it was? Like, are spiders naturally drawn to radioactivity? <laughs> yeah, like they're alive on one page, and then you flip over after the two, you know the giant Ultimate Comics Next Generation ad, and then you flip over and they're dead. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, you know what? That's the most interesting part of the issue. I really want to know what happens to those damn spiders. Forget about all this bomb nonsense. Yeah. What happened to the spiders? I must know. Yeah. Well, the, the, the the most egregious part, even though there's reference to Mark Grinwald's Captain America run, but I have not read that. Is okay. We're in Texas. <laughs> And we have a right-wing extremist group threatening to blow up the city of Houston. What are the odds? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what are the odds of that happening? I mean, you know, I, I try, I try really hard. I mean, last, last what issue two, not or three, notwithstanding, I try really hard to keep my political beliefs out of my reviews. But damn, son, really? <laughs> First Houston, and then Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> Well, like, in the cap issue, they, um, they they didn't attack New York, though. It was like some sort of, I think it was Hoover Dam or something like that. It was somewhere, like, down south or something. Some sort of rail. Okay, so that makes it all Yeah, but, but at least the Hoover Dam is some kind of strategic importance. Like, yeah. <laughs> how the hell are you trying to blow up Houston again? Uh, second largest port city in the world, I guess. I, that, I, that, I don't know. Oh, boy, we took out the second largest port. I guess the first largest port was too ambitious yeah. for these guys. Right? <laughs> it's just, like, well-funded, violent. They yeah, are can to- I ask you something? Sure. Do you think that, like, because of, of Kane's hard-ass attitude, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going you know, to give you the wedgie of hell and all that stuff that he threatens the guys? And there's, no, there's no time for diplomacy. Do you think that's reflective of the fact that he does live in Houston at all, or is it like a massive coincidence? Um... <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, Houston is not like it's not like a wild west town where you know you got the sheriff that's like in charge of God. You know, he's seven steps away from God or it's something not like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I, yeah. I, I don't. I, uh, you know, I mean, come on. I, <laughs> this is just laughable to me. I mean, I, I can't help but 
<laughs> and then like the FBI waits four hours to, to like let Shield know. Oh, by the way, there's a nuclear bomb. Really? And like there's this. To me, he didn't want to talk to Black Fury because it was insulting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we've already covered how insulting that that part was. But I mean, th- to me, this was insulting. It's like right wing extremist group. Like, come on, uh, really? Uh, you know, I, I know there are parts of Texas that probably have you know some redneck gun packing hillbillies that just you know have like four teeth in their mouth, and then Obama's from you know someplace other than America, and you know, whatever. Well, I, yeah, I guess, everyone knows that that that, uh, that hateful, uh, bigoted rednecks are master scientists who can uh, go on with, with, it, with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> everyone knows yeah. that. They're nuclear physicists, and they're you know able to, to, to construct a nuclear bomb. Like, really? Come on. Well, but, I know, right? Like, like Red Skull. They, they did mention that. But like, yeah, but, like but, in one line. But, like, I don't know. I just, just to me, the... That you're in Texas, you know, clearly a red state. I mean, in Houston, look, when you look at the, like, county by county and areas, I mean, Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, those those are pretty blue. But damn, son, really? You know what you know would even more insulting? When they, when they go, cut back to the White House and says, President, we're about to lose Texas, like, like Obama says, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just nothing. <laughs> about to lose Texas. And Obama's like, hey, well, speak, speak. <laughs> Speaking of Red Skull, is he? Wait, wait. I haven't been reading. I stopped reading Captain America a few years ago. Wasn't he dead? Uh, sure, why not? That, that, I think it's just uh, sin, but that's uh, it's just sin around. This, uh, he's still dead, I believe. Right. So who are they, are they talking about? The red or is sin now the Red Skull? Like, I was, like they were hinting at that, right? But did it ever happen? Okay. I'm guessing they're referring to sin. Um, the Red Skull. Uh, his, his of, like, it, it turned out that Red Skull had a son, who you know, who was who was African American. <laughs> <and everything. laughs> I guess everything he believes yeah. and stands for. Red Skull yeah. has a black child. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, this man. I mean, we, we we've joked about this issue and we've kind of laughed at it because it's just so laughable. I mean, this was this was a solid D minus for me. I mean, I'm not going to give it so far as an F, but holy cow! I mean, this was this was just an abortion of a book. I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Chris Jost is better than this. Um, maybe he had a ghostwriter or something, and they slapped his name on it. I don't know. I mean, maybe they borrowed one of Bendis's ghostwriters and said, "Hey, hey, you know, you're not doing any work, you know, on Bendis's 15 titles. Let's let's have you write you know, this, this book." This, this, this is the Spider-Man Unlimited issue 12 of Star Spider because it, it, <laughs> it's pretty damn bad. But this is really funny. <laughs> But it's funny in the way that Commando is funny, which is like, it's not trying to be at all. Like, <laughs> that Commando going around arguing people. <laughs> Commando, like, hey, did you leave anybody for us? Just bodies. There's a tiny bit of like, you know, this is really fucking awesome. <laughs> or we'll say like I, is this uh, one of those um, like double shipped books uh, that they that they're like on that schedule? No. that. No? no, that's the sad part. This is this is like a monthly title, like and like I don't know, without the references because most of like the Scarlet Spider stuff and like the, uh, it it's it's through dialogue. It's not through artwork, you know. They don't even and and Gerard brought up a great point. They had like this really fantastic cliffhanger with all these demons and stuff like that, and you, you get all this rich continuity with that stuff. And oh, by the way, we're gonna nuclear bomb. All right, go. Oh, I think, well, well, that again, uh, nuclear bomb. <laughs> Can't say I was to save the day. Find out. <laughs> well, I think like, this. 
Well, I think this whole Watch Dogs thing is, is, is kind of like a product of just... Because, um, you know, usually they focus all the threats on New York and California sometimes and stuff like that. And so they need to fill out the whole villain uh, villain quota. So, you know, it's not much happens. So they kind of have to, like, just, you know, forcibly put villains in there. <laughs> that, uh... but, but see, my thing is, is like, creative, I mean, how many people know who the Watchdog group is? You know, I didn't even know they existed until Will explained it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to be a hardcore like Cap fan, I guess. Yeah, and like so, I'm sorry. You know, I, I get I get your point though. I I do, but but damn. And then yeah, I'm not saying that. Just... Oh, yeah, I'm not saying it's uh it's um like good or bad or anything. It's just it seems like it just like because they're trying to like uh you know give more reasons to. You know, have uh, Sp- like Spider Man, like Scarlet Spider, fight off villains because you, you know, you can only bring so much type of villains uh, before it looks more contrived than it already is. Like you know, bringing in, let's say, like Armadillo. Well, he's already part of this, the the initiative, right? Um, Armadillo. Yeah, I think he's yeah. in the Texas Rangers. Who will be showing up? They're going to be showing up soon, right? Yeah, like like so. So instead of calling, they call Iron Man instead of you know the Texas Rangers, which could get there a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> the, te- the Texas Rangers are going to save them. Josh Hamilton to the rescue. <laughs> well played. Well played, George. No, with the power of steroids. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say that, right? Oh. Allegedly with the power of steroids. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you, well, like, or even, you know, I just, I, that, that that part bothered me. They're, they're going to show up two issues later and be like, where were you guys, where were you, where were you guys two issues ago, first of all? And then the other point I was going to make is I, I lost my point. Uh, Freaking Josh <laughs> Hamilton thing threw me off. <laughs> what a day with Josh Hamilton. Wait, were you going to say how the NFL Super Pro was your favorite superhero? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, what's next? The NFL Super Pro is going to guest star in this book. I mean, come on. I, just, wow. I, this, this was just so, so bad. And, and, and we have been gushing in our praise, but damn, son. Uh, this was just, this was, yeah. Uh, oh. That's the part that hurts the most because up to this point, this is probably my favorite series being published right now. Yeah. And like this is a real turn, like <laughs> holy smokes. But but hey, at least we got four four out of good issues out of five, ain't bad. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, well, it's like it's like uh, <laughs> it's like you hit four home runs in a game, and then you get to the fifth, you get to the fifth plate appearance, and you strike out completely. I mean, it's, to use the baseball reference analogy that uh, Mr. Hey, hey, and how, how about that tying it together? Josh Hamilton hit four home runs in a game last week. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I was thinking that in my head as, 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 uh, as I was saying. <laughs> Except the difference between Josh Hamilton and this issue is Josh Hamilton got a double on his fifth plate appearance. But <laughs> this, Whatever. Like, this wasn't even... Uh, uh, this wasn't even a double. This was like a, this was like a complete strikeout. This was not good. Yeah, I mean, you can't win them all, I guess. It's just one of those, um, I guess, growing pain type issues. I mean, the main thing that I guess that's good from this issue is that um, we got more, like, character development between uh, Kane and, uh, was it Layton, I think, was it? Yeah, obviously Layton. Bob Layton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing that I liked. Uh, that's, I think that's one of the things that it's better off for. But aside from that, I guess it's you know pretty safe to say it's kind of a dud. Yeah, it just, it, it, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to write this in, in like written format because I'm probably gonna I'm, yeah I'm gonna blast this thing to Kingdom Come. Oh man, 
Uh, this was a steamy pile of poo. Um, all right, guys. That about wraps up this show. It's an exciting episode of Clone Slayer Chronicles. Uh, final thoughts, gentlemen? Support Scarlet Spider, because it needs to sell a little better. It does. It does. Uh, this is uh, Outside of this last issue that we just talked about, man, this has been a really, really good book. A really, really, really good book. Uh, I, I, there, there are some there are some worrying uh, signs starting to develop with this series that have me worried it could be canceled before the end of the year. So, please, please support see please support your local uh, government and also Scarlet Spider. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it, it's a little strange though. I, I mean, I thought it was selling pretty good the first couple printings, wasn't it? Wasn't it selling like, selling out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the the rotating carousel of people is starting to scare me. Like, I actually did a little tally here. It's written on my hand, so I better say this before I wash my hand off. The so five issues we've had two pencilers, five inkers, and three colorists already. Wow. The Mary Marvel Man. That that that's that's scary. That's true. And this isn't even a double. This isn't even a double shipping book. This is a monthly series. I, I walked out for a second. Did you, did you guys talk about? Uh, isn't Stegman leaving the book? Yes. yes. Oh, we didn't even hit that up at the top. I, I totally forgot about it. Um, Next issue is the last one he does. Yeah, issue six will be uh, Stegman's final issue and uh, in, in doing interiors. He'll continue to do the cover for the books, but mm-hmm. he will not do the interiors. It will be uh, Fam Koi? Yeah, Koi Fam. Koi Fam. Koi Fam. Oh, so yeah, I did it back. <laughs> Koi Fam. <laughs> who, who I don't like at all, but yeah, oh, God, we, I'm not looking forward to it. Whenever Gerard found that out, he raged. He's like, rage. Uh, like, went, yeah, I think I, I think I posted that rage face is like the thing on the site when I put a post about it. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> that's true. So uh, yeah, definitely check out Spidey.com. We'll keep you posted on any uh, further developments on the title if it's doing well, if it's not doing well. Uh, if you've got any comments about the show, questions about the show, you can always write us at clonesagachronicles at gmail dot com. You can always hit us up in the comments on Spidey.com. Or you can hit us up on the message board, SpidermanCrawlspace.com. There, there's a section for Spidey.com. And, of course, you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. So, for Tony, you have any final thoughts or are you done? Uh, my loneliness <laughs> is killing me, and I must confess <laughs> that I still believe. <laughs> you, believe you still believe that this book's going to do well. Donovan, any final thoughts? Well, when I don't read it, I lose my mind. Give me just that. I'm trying to the lyrics. Oh, wow. Okay, well, folks, once again, this has been another exciting episode of Clone Fire Chronicles. Check us out on Spidey.com. We appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next month. Say live and let die. I have, a, I have a picture of Zach on my wall with a bullseye drawn over his crotch. <laughs> Motivation. Why do you have a picture of Zach's crotch on your wall? <laughs> That's a question. And where did you get this picture of this crotch? Did you make a deal with... Uh, oh, yeah, he has, ones of, he has ones of all of us.
doesn't the issue. <laughs> Crickets, as, as we all wait for Zach to, to unmute his mic. <laughs> You're not bleeding again, are you, Zach? <laughs> My favorite moment of the show. Well, there's a laugh track, too. <laughs> you, got, you got a Dallas. Soccer Chronicles is filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Zach, for real? Yeah, this is the part Zach. where I pull out my cell phone and I begin to compose a message for Zach. You've got a PF again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Zach is, uh, not on the call? He's on the call, he's just... He's on the call. <laughs> he's oh. just... Okay, and, like, he can't be muted, because if he was listening to us, he'd be like, oh, wait, I'm muted, let me unmute. So, unless he's, like, looking for the unmute button. Maybe he's on And the thing is, he, he's, like, he's the one who has, like, a whole, um, soapbox about this issue. <laughs> Maybe he's scrambling for his notes. Maybe he's that mad. He's struck in silent. But he's not typing anything into the chat window. <laughs> I definitely have to call our co-host to make sure that, you know, he's still alive and still paying attention. Zach. Let's see. W, X, Y. Okay, one by one, we're all going to name something that Zach hates until he gets back on the No, I'm freaking sorry. I had, I had issues. What were your issues? Uh, my phone was about to die, and I was trying to run and get a charger. Are you on your phone or your laptop? No, the freaking laptop. Uh, the desktop don't even freaking work, so... I haven't used the phone. So I had to go get the charger. Well, the magic this time. Okay. The host of our show, everybody. <laughs> well, most of this, I hope, would be edited out. Okay. Thank you, we have a blooper section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Is that gone again? <laughs> that awkward part of every episode where you finish your, your recap and realize Zach isn't paying attention. But the host like left no. hours ago. The host is actually on mute. Oh, of course. Why not? We're waiting. Zach is going to hello. Oh, call drop. There he goes. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Dusty Joyner is now online. Uh, All failed. Uh, Jeff Hall's on it. Who's the lieutenant? The, 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 Josh, you are now the host of the Clone Soccer Chronicles podcast. Please <laughs> continue. <laughs> we should pretend to be Zach. Alright, so. Oh, I, I've, I've done that before. <laughs> but it's, uh. My impression is a little too close to, like, um, teasing to be. <laughs> We're still recording! Okay, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll do Zach for a second. Oh. <laughs> um. Okay. Thanks for the, um, very nice recap, Gerard. So, um. Um. Donovan. What are your, um. What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> 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 What exactly are you doing?
you are you After a few years, Will, I learned a few things. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have a lot of things that sorry, Bertoni. I don't know what the hell happened. Not really. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you, you Gerard, for, that, for the awesome recap. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> we'll find out in a few seconds when you when you continue. Just go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, Will. You're the new, being the newbie, we'll let you go first this time. Oh, thank you. Oh, if you would have picked Don, that would have been so glorious. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Don's the next. Okay, Bertoni, it's your turn. I know you're chopping at the bit, too. Um, already went? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zach, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, Bertoni went first. So, Gerard, you're the, yeah. you're the one that I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Gerard. I'm <laughs> sorry. Gerard, uh, I, I, you're, I, I, Gerard, you're chopping at the bit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You've only said that four times already. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Live and let die. <laughs> Live and let die. That would be a really good closing theme, but, like, really, really pandering. Pandering <laughs> <laughs> to you? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't do it, because it's, like, o- overly pandering the- my taste. Yeah, that's a- ah, pff, Just do it. Just do Come it. on. I mean, you, copyright you, just, you know... You rep- copyright, what's that? <laughs> our, 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 our opening theme kick, kicks butt, you know, but, like, we, we've always been in transition with the closing ones. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think uh, 